Open the Word of God this morning for our opening passage of Scripture to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. I had likely spent an hour on another introductory passage of Scripture for you this morning, but on the way here was changed to this passage. And I thank God for this passage. I thank Him that in the 19th year of my life, this passage was very real to me, and I hope it will be very real to you. And I want to share a new angle on it uh, with you here briefly. Isaiah chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord, saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Amen Amen and amen. The passage is dramatic enough that I don't need to add to its drama. It's beautiful, it's majestic, it's glorious, it's intimidating. This vision is referenced in John chapter 12 and the 41st verse that Isaiah saw the glory of God. He saw the holiness of God as well because that's what's referenced here, holy, holy, holy. What effect did it have on Isaiah? And if it doesn't have this effect on you, you're not saved. This was a prophet of God. He had better speech than we have, most likely. But notice the reaction and the response. Woe is me! I am undone! The point I want to make with you today is this. John says that Isaiah wrote these words when he saw God's glory. 
and will add to that, as part of the glory of God, His holiness. Because it's referenced here very specifically. I want to add this point. When you see the Lord Jesus Christ, it will not be in His glory. It will not be in His holiness. Separately considered. It will be the day of His wrath. It will be the day of His wrath. There was no wrath here. Do you understand? This was a picnic. There was no wrath. Psalm 2 and the 12th verse tells us, to the kings of the earth, kiss the Son, lest His wrath be kindled but a little. There is a fire coming, a flaming fire, and it's not a fire of kindling. It is a raging furnace of fire. Does the Bible say it's a furnace of fire? The Bible says it is a furnace of fire. It is the day of His wrath. I have worked on an outline that will be published in the next few hours that has a table of the number of verses in the New Testament that tell about the coming day of wrath. Wrath is intense anger. There isn't any in Isaiah 6. It's just holiness and glory. But that was enough to make that prophet regret his speech. Only then, after he repented, was there a tongue tongue used to take a coal from off the altar to give practical forgiveness to Isaiah, who stood before God naked and condemned? I'm undone. It's over. I lose my temper. I blow off in my speech. Lord, have mercy upon us. Amen. Let us tremble before this God like we're supposed to. Paul told the Philippian church in Philippians chapter 2, that we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. To presume on your salvation is to be a liar to yourself and stupid enough to believe it. Paul didn't presume on his salvation. As I will show you later this morning, Paul used any means at his disposal to make sure that he would be part of the resurrection of the righteous. But let's remember this right here and have the same response. Woe is me. If we don't have that kind of repentance, then God hasn't granted it. And if God hasn't granted it, we're on our way to hell. Right. God grants repentance to his own, and we should cry out, Woe is me, for the same reason. Our lips. We say things that we shouldn't say. We say things that are not charitable. We say things that are not kind. They're not loving. They're not gentle. They're not gracious. And so the, the prophet was condemned. What a vision this is. I hope that you enjoy reading the words and hearing the words about seeing the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, his train filling the temple, and the voice of those seraphim shaking the foundations and the pillars of that building because of the glory of God. Amen. What effect does it have? What did you do yesterday? What did you do for yourself yesterday? The effect is, here am I. 
send me. What could you do for the Lord yesterday, today, tomorrow? Your little life doesn't matter. No one cares and God doesn't care. What are we going to do for him? I remember as a child learning from my precious parents, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. It's that simple. See, Mrs. Lot, Lot's wife, fussed about her stinking home and her children and her grandchildren. She turned back because she was sentimentally and emotionally attached to nothing. It was nothing in the sight of God. He incinerated her children. He incinerated her grandchildren. He incinerated her furniture and her china because it didn't matter to him. It was all abominable junk, including them. She turned back and turned into a pillar of salt. Jesus said in Luke 17, remember Lot's wife. We have a choice. Let's remember Lot's wife and not turn back. Let's remember Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6 and say, woe is me. That's repentance. I'm undone. That's the publican smiting his breast and saying, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And not like that Pharisee, I've got everything made in the shade. I'm on my way to heaven. Paul didn't talk that way. I'll show you. Paul worked. Paul outworked anyone to have the assurance of eternal life. Let's make sure that we're laboring with all diligence. Peter would tell us with all diligence to make our calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. It's not that if God did this for you, ye shall never fall. That's not how the Bible presents it. The Bible presents it, if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. No man earns his way to heaven, but no man is going to heaven without the works showing it. Because there's no evidence or proof for us to see it. That's how we lay hold of eternal life. Jesus earned eternal life, but the Bible tells us, 1 Timothy 6.12, 1 Timothy 6.18, to lay hold of eternal life. How do we get our hands on eternal life and lay hold of it? But by giving all diligence to make our calling and election sure, and it starts with repentance right here, woe is me, then a willingness to sacrifice everything for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. That means to sacrifice your pride if you're a wife. That means to sacrifice some of your time if you're not a wife. That means to sacrifice our speech, to have our speech his way, our thoughts, to think his thoughts. Lord, have mercy upon us. This is a beautiful passage. I've loved it for many years. I gave my freshman speech at Bob Jones University from this text, and I thank him for it. And I pray that it will affect you as much as it affected me and that it will always continue to affect me. My wife gave it to me this morning on the way to church and totally turned my introductory world upside down. I don't care where it comes from. And she only got a few words out of her mouth and the Lord just, bam, blew apart Philippians 3, 8 through 11 and all my notes about it for what I wanted to share with you this morning. She had appreciated Jonathan Edwards and how he lifted up God and put man down because that is the truth of the matter. God is very high and we are very low. 
And there is nothing withholding him from casting us into hell at this very moment. And Isaiah 6 pictures that. And may we say, woe is me. And may we say, here am I, send me. Now this is often used by trying to get everyone to volunteer to go to the mission field. That's how it's often used. And I'm not using it that way. What has God given you to do? And where has God called you to go? Right. You know, we're supposed to go to the least of these, my brethren, if you read Matthew 25 last night. We're supposed to go ready to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. That means to have your life in order. That's a going that we should be doing. And you should be going to the bank with your five talents of money. Talent is money. It's a weight of money. You should be going to the bank to get interest on the investment of grace that God has given you. So there's places for you to go. Here am I, Lord, send me. I'm going to have my oil burning brightly. I'm going to gather five more talents from the five that you gave me or the two more from the two that you gave me and I'm going to go to the least of these thy brethren because you've called me to go there and you've called me to do it. May the Lord bless us to do that. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for Isaiah chapter 6. Let us pray. O Lord of hosts, the Lord is thy name. We worship before Thee. We are humbled. We are condemned by this passage. Have mercy upon us. We repent of the foolishness of our thoughts, the wickedness of our speech, and the companions that we have in this world, and the foolish things we have done with our hands and our feet. We cut them off and we pluck out this day. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, and send that angel of mercy through the preaching of your word today, through our singing, through our praying, through our fellowship, that we will know that our sins have been purged and that we will make our calling and our election sure with all diligence, that we will say with the prophet, after saying, woe is me, for I am undone, we will say with him, here am I, send me. We won't think of anyone else going. We won't care if anyone else goes or doesn't go. We will be willing to go in those areas of our lives where you have called us, that we will be diligent in every part of our lives, that we will be faithful to thy commandments, that we will keep all thy precepts, that we will give all diligence to add to our faith and not to think that our faith means anything without a great deal of addition to it, because faith without works is dead and nothing more than a devil's faith. Let us, O Lord, have changed lives, filled with love of the brethren, filled with love of heaven, looking for your coming and not being so enticed, obsessed, and distracted by the things of this world and this life. Heavenly Father, there is nothing outside these walls to remind us of this, but our communication with one another. And here we are today assembled that you would speak to us and remind us of the priorities that we ought to have. Forgive us our sins of all kinds. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We ask through the merit and the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we trust your faithfulness and your pardon, which is higher than our pardon and forgiveness than the heaven is above the earth. Your ways and your thoughts in this matter 
are glorious indeed. Father, we pray for all your servants and saints in every place. Bless them. We thank thee for America and all the blessings that we enjoy in this land. But we pray that you'll preserve it against the designs by most to ruin it. Have mercy upon us, Heavenly Father. We know there is a prince of America, like there was a prince of Persia and a prince of Grecia. And Lord, we pray that Michael, the great angel of your people, will stand up for the church and fight against it in America that we might be preserved yet longer. But Heavenly Father, let us use every minute that you give us of fulfilling all righteousness and using the power that you've given us, the power that worketh in us to seek thee, to worship thee, to serve thee, to obey thee as we should. Be with us this day. Heavenly Father, bless by your Spirit through the Lord Jesus Christ everything that we do that it will be weighty and weigh upon us and that we will go from this place today better for having come into the house of the Lord than ever before. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his infallible word.